Hey, what's going on? It's Justin from Libica and Killswitch Engage, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 367 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always, and this week, very cool because we've got Justin Foley of Killswitch Engage and Libica here to talk about both of those bands. And of course, Justin's going to talk about a few other things. Very cool talk that I had with Justin. It's been been a little bit since this was recorded, kind of like my episode last week with Miljinko from Steelheart. It took me a bit to get it out because of being out of town due to work and other stuff, but we're finally getting this out for you. Justin Foley of Killswitch and Labika coming up here shortly. But first, I need to let you know who I'm sponsored by. DEB Concerts, a promoter based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Brought tons of great shows to the area. Bands like Last in Line, Warrant, Winger, Buck Cherry, Bisto Blanco, Lita Ford. The list is great and long. Then they jumped into the arena game and started bringing bands like Megadeth, Lamb of God, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube. All kinds of great stuff. And on top of all that, they booked the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year, which has featured bands like Ace Freely, John Five, Slaughter. So, that should be coming here very shortly, because Rocklahoma, just about a week ago, announced their first act. They announced Pantera as one of the headliners. So I believe the rest of the lineup should be coming here, you would assume, in the coming weeks. So once that happens, we'll get to hear all about what DEB Concerts is doing at Rocklahoma this year. So hit them up at debconcerts.com, follow them on the socials. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at DEB Concerts. And of course, we'll bring you everything here as well. Med Farm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway, and they've got a drive through which is very convenient. All you have to do is call them or message them ahead of time with your order, and you can zip right through that drive through and be right on your way. But you can also Go on Leafly.com and look up their entire selection right there and go inside and talk to them as well. They've got a great staff that is very knowledgeable. Their socials, MedFarm on Facebook, P-H-A-R-M. On Instagram, MedFarmOK. And the website is MedFarmOK.com. So follow those socials. They're always running great specials. And a special that is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. And on top of all of this, they are cannabis with a cause because 30% of their proceeds at all times goes to build no-kill animal shelters. You can't beat that. That's a great cause. We love MedFarm for it. So hit them up and tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground. We've also got Sunset Tattoo, tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. The tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. And most importantly, they are mother approved. Give them a call, shoot them a message to set up a time to get in there to talk about what work you want to have done. You can see all their work on the socials. Facebook and Instagram both are Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. 25 plus years of experience. Jason Thompson does excellent work. I've had a tattoo done by him. I know many others that have as well. So hit up Sunset Tattoo and tell him you heard about him right here on Thunder Underground. All right. I always uh, think of all these things I want to talk about on the next episode, and then 
in typical Trent fashion. I don't write them down. And then I set it down here to record and I just start spouting shit off the top of my head. But first thing first, like I mentioned, Pantera was recently announced as one of the headliners for Oklahoma. They've announced, you know, previous to that, several festivals and the U.S. festival run this year that they're a part of. I can't remember all of them. I know they're on Blue Ridge. I'm pretty sure they're on Sonic Temple. A couple others as well. And they, have, of course, announced a couple months ago, or no, about a month ago, that they were part of this big Metallica run that's going on starting this summer, running through 2024, where they're doing two nights at football stadiums about every week or every other week. I mean, it's a cool concept if you're a Metallica fan because you get two nights in the same city and they are saying that there will be no repeats. So if that's the case, you're going to get a lot of Metallica because Metallica always puts on like two and a half hour shows. That also means that one of the nights you're going to get to hear some deep cuts because you don't have to hear Inner Sandman and nothing else matters. Even the stuff that, you know, that gets played every single time, like Seeking Destroy, Master Puppets. Obviously, he's only going to get to play half the time this time around. But So it is very cool. But Pantera are opening half of those shows. Them and Mammoth WVH are on one night. The other night features Ice Nine Kills and Five Finger Death Punch. So it's very obvious that if you're only going to one show, no matter what Metallica is playing, the night with Pantera and Mammoth is ten times better. So that's a no-brainer. But also Pantera has announced the same time this Rocklahoma announcement came out was the fact that they're doing a tour with Lamb of God in support. I know if you're in the area of this part of the country, they're coming to Rogers, Arkansas. I think they're coming to Kansas City, maybe. But they'll be hitting it pretty hard, as you can tell from all those announcements. They're also on a bunch of European festivals. So 2023 is now... Becoming a full-time thing for Pantera. Anthrax is also working on working on an album. They're touring right now. I know that Charlie has missed the first few shows of that tour because of something. And then I assume Black Label's doing stuff. So if you're a fan of any of these guys that are in Pantera right now, you're going to get a lot of stuff this coming year. Also, Ugly Kid Joe just recently announced their first full U.S. tour in 27 years. Since 1996. That's a long-ass time. I knew it had been quite a while, but I was thinking it was probably late 90s, early 2000s. They've played shows in America, obviously. L.A., Chicago, whatever. I know they came to Kansas City five, six, seven years ago. I wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. But they're always playing European shows and U.K. shows. Obviously, you go where the money's at. But it's very cool to see that they're putting on a full U.S. tour. They've got Fozzie and support on a lot of these dates. And it looked like, you know, when it was announced, it got some buzz. It was getting talked about in a lot of different rock and roll news sources. I saw a lot of people, positive comments on everything, you know, glad to see them finally doing a tour where you get a chance to see them. So they're coming to Oklahoma City. I know that I'll probably be out of town due to work, but... I'm going to do every effort I can to see one of these shows. I don't care where it is and where I have to go. I've only seen Ugly Kid Joe once in my life in 1993. Opening for Def Leppard. 
So here, 30 years later, I would love the chance to see them on their own headline show. But besides all that, oh yeah, also, speaking of tours, a great triple metal bill was announced. Mastodon, Gojira, and Lorna Shore are doing an outdoor tour this summer. Actually starting in the spring. They're coming to Oklahoma at the end of April. Man, that's a killer tour right there. But speaking of metal, let's just jump into the subject at hand. Justin Foley, the drummer for Kill Switch Engage. Join me, like I said, it's been, excuse me, almost three months, I think, since this was recorded. That was maybe early November, so two and a half. Regardless, it's long overdue, so here we are finally getting this one out. Libica is a brand new band that Justin put together during the pandemic. And the debut album came out around this time that we recorded this. I think it actually came out sometime in November. And it's a it's an instrumental album. It's great. It's not it doesn't sound anything like Kill Switch, but it is metal. You know, it's that kind of instrumental kind of I don't know what the right word is. I know there's I'm sure there's a genre name for it because there's a million metal genres. But it's kind of that ambient what do they call it? Post rock, post metal, whatever. Um I can't think of a band. I know there's other bands out there that do that style of rock, but it's I mean it's it's great. It goes through it, you know, I mean it when you're doing instrumental You've got to make up for the fact that a lot of people need words, I think, in their music. I'm not one of those people, so I appreciate it, but I appreciate when you listen to a full album, and I think it would grab you if you're not in an instrument music, because it tells a story, you know, I mean, it goes up, it goes down, it does its thing, and I, if I remember right, that's one of the things we talk about, is, you know, expressing yourself through instrumental music when it comes to song titles, like... Where does the song title come from to him personally? All that great stuff. So, we talk about that. And of course, we talk a bit about Kill Switch. If you're a Kill Switch fan, Mike D, the bass player, has been on this podcast before. It's been, I looked it up. It was July of 2019. So, three and a half years ago. Episode 228. That was actually whenever Kill Switch was touring with Clutch. Because the same night we recorded an episode, me and Jason was still here. We're recording an episode with uh, Mike D. We also recorded one with Neil Fallon of Clutch, which was really fun. So check both those out. But yeah, looking forward to what Kill Switch coming has coming next as well. Always excited to hear from those guys. That's a band that, you know, has managed to just. Always put out killer stuff. They went through a singer change. It didn't affect them in the least, in my opinion. Then they went through another singer change. Back to the original singer. Just as great as ever. You know, I'm one of those people. This is something I haven't talked about a long time. We talked about it on... I know me and Jason talked about it probably around the time that we had the Mike D episode. Or when we were reviewing a show. Because I've seen Kill Switch many times throughout the years. And... I'm one of those guys, I loved Kill Switch early on, and then when Howard Jones came on board, I loved him even more. Just something about Howard's voice just grabbed me a little more. And then whenever Jesse came back, and the first album they put out with him, and then seeing him live with the band again, 
it re-established to me that yes, Jesse Leach is the vocalist of Kill Switch Engage. It just I I can't really put it in words. It's just one of those things when you saw it live, I'm like, man, this is this is fucking huge. And this guy is a badass and this band is fucking great. And they've stayed, you know, in the upper echelon of metal for the past twenty years. And I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. So, with all that being said, let's jump into this episode. Here is Justin Foley of Libica and Killswitch Engage. love your shirt and i've got the same shirt that's my favorite yeah. vocalist of all time yeah me too oh really yeah yeah sadly i don't have i had this shirt when i was a teenager when i went and yeah. saw them and sadly i don't still have that concert shirt so i had to right <laughs> replace it with uh this version but it's same here yeah. <laughs> yeah two or three shirts from the early to mid 90s and i'm a couple of them are just like worn out and one of them i lost but yeah had to repurchase the the faith no more shirts from today so yeah absolutely worth it <laughs> worth every penny yeah they're, great. they're awesome i love it yeah cool man with the like the libica album's been out now a couple months like are you happy with the response you've heard from fans and critics and everything yeah i think so um i haven't no one's been like i hate this so i guess that's good <laughs> right. <laughs> um but no i'm glad you know i'm glad to do this and talk to you about it and i just want to get you know more more uh more ears on it the more ears the better because i think so far who people that have heard it are like oh that's interesting and has something to offer so just all you can really ask for just try to get more people more people's ears on it you know any way possible well uh yeah i read that this was kind of born out of the beginning of the pandemic like how did the whole process of this coming together as being an actual project yeah it's exactly kind of how it started when um you know all of touring was shut down and indefinitely shut down and you have no idea what was going on it was just sort of um okay well i'm gonna do something with my time you know i gotta i gotta do something <clears throat> i know i'm not gonna see the kill switch guys for a while um and i had um two of my good friends here doug and joey we had talked kind of for a little while about um playing together the way musicians always do you know like a couple of musicians like hey man we should jam together sometime never <laughs> never happens but so but we, so we had had that conversation several times and um it was just sort of like okay well if it's ever going to happen it's going to happen now because all of us are sort of stuck here in this weird <clears throat> existence now so let's get together and, and uh jam some tunes and i just had a bunch of leftover music from just writing whenever and just uh noodling stuff or just ideas here and there that um didn't necessarily have a home anywhere um it definitely didn't have a home and kill switch it wouldn't have been really kill switch material so to speak so i didn't have much of an outlet for it and i thought well maybe this can be the outlet for it and, you know showed the other guys a couple of the stuff a couple of the tunes or a couple of the ideas and they were into it so we just sort of started getting together and um, before we knew it we had a whole bunch of songs that we were really stoked on how quickly did it go from being let's jam to 
this is something we could record an album with kind of quickly actually i think that we probably started playing together in um i guess it would have been like may of 20 2020 may or june of 2020 i think i think it was may and um and then we recorded the record uh in january of 2021 i'm pretty sure that's correct yes january 2021 we recorded it then and then we just had it and said okay now we've got this done so let's uh let's get it out and shop it and see if anyone's interested and um yeah metal blade was and we were obviously thrilled that metal blade was interested so it's a it, it, it seemed i know it just came out and it seems like when i'm saying the years it can't possibly be right but it was that long that we <laughs> that we were just kind of waiting for the record to finally be released um so we're all really really stoked that it's finally out now and we can go play songs and um go play shows and, and all that good stuff what was that year and a half whole process just trying to find someone to put it out or was it they agreed and it was kind of a waiting game until you weren't busy with kill switch or how did that part of it is like we wanted to um have physical copies too, vinyl copies and so uh part of it was the vinyl pressing um delays it takes like a long time you want to get something pressed but part of it was also um like you said part of it was just getting it out there and kind of shopping it around and uh part of it was once metal blade wanted to do it they wanted to set it up properly and have to right time to set it up and try to put it um release it in a time period that would be a good time period to release it as far as other things happening and all that stuff so uh just whatever though we're just thrilled we're, we're thrilled that it's out and uh super happy that people can can hear it and hopefully people are digging it I mean, I know you said you had some of this, a lot of this music already written, but when you're writing, do you, is there a different process if you know that there's not going to be vocals on it in your writing process or no? I think so. Yeah, I think there is. I think on, on our record, there's maybe some songs that are more uh, traditional song structure with verse and choruses. And there are some others that aren't like that pretty much at all with different, with different forms. Um, but I, I, one of the cool things about um, about doing this is you don't need to necessarily consciously leave space for vocals when you're writing music. You have, if you have all these ideas that layer on top of each other, you can just go with them and see if they work together and just keep layering, keep stacking. When um, If you're going to have a song with, with vocals, you just want to be like, oh, well, hold on, <laughs> I can't have yeah. 10 guitar parts here because it's going to be a vocal line and we want that to be the on top of everything, so um yeah it is it is definitely different that way it's there's a little bit more freedom in um in just throwing a whole bunch of stuff on there and seeing what does work and what doesn't work and but it's also a challenge because you want to have some kind of hook or something that'll grab the listeners either the way it normally is done by vocals uh, or lyrics or something like that so trying to make a record or make music that's super interesting to the listener and uh catchy i guess to the listener uh without a vocal hook is, is challenging but it's a good it's a good challenge it's one that's a one of the real fun parts about doing a project like this for you personally how often are you writing is it something that you constantly do um yeah it's sort of a lot of times i'm just sitting around watching tv and noodling on a guitar you know and voice memoing something there's one song on the record that um i recently found the original voice memo from it 
and it's just me with an acoustic guitar, just one little part in the middle of the bridge. And in the background, there's, uh, I was on my back porch watching a Yankee game. So there's the Yankees broadcast and crickets in the background. And there's just one little guitar part. <laughs> and that's the original voice memo. And then um, that kind of eventually became the song Manifest. So it's kind of interesting how that works. So there's just a bunch of crap. And my phone's got a whole ton of voice memos on it that may or may not turn into anything. Okay. that's kind of that's kind of where it comes from and then when there's time or if i'm feeling particularly inspired one day i'll go through them and see if anything jumps out and then kind of pull that thread a little bit so something i kind of wonder about on on an album like this where it's continuous do you i don't know how to word this right when you like say when you place the songs in order after they're written do you go back in and put in the transitions between the the songs you know since there's not a break yeah yeah there are some there are some st there's some stuff that bleeds in from track to track on this one for sure and uh yeah i think that's i think that's kind of important and i don't remember i think we knew going into it that we were going to have songs linked together um when we recorded i think we had kind of an idea of uh of like there's i already mentioned manifest but the manifest and linnaeus and voltaic three are together and i'm pretty sure that we had figured out that that was going to happen before we went and recorded and we just um had that whole idea of how they were going to go from one to the other almost like almost like a trilogy yeah. <laughs> of sorts but um yeah and then and then putting i don't know if we necessarily knew exactly how the um record sequence was going to be finalized then but i think we knew that those certain songs were going to go together Something that has always intrigued me about instrumental music of any genre is how do you, or where do you get inspired for the song title? That was a lot harder. I, that's something I never even thought about when we were putting right. songs together. And then I'm like, oh, we got to name these something. This is a lot harder than I expected to do. <laughs> um, yeah, we just sort of threw some ideas out. I, I wasn't very good at it, but the other guys fortunately had a lot of good ideas for good names for the songs. Um, Joey in particular was coming up with some pretty sweet names, but it's, it, yeah, on top of that, it's just kind of seeing a word here or there that I think is an interesting word or something. I'll make a note of it and then try to think about what that is. And if there's a song that you could uh, attach any kind of meaning, meaning to from that word and kind of stick it to that. But yeah, it's different. It, you don't, you don't have any lyrics to pull from or really any um, particular like what's the song about you know it's hard to say what any of them are really about <laughs> yeah sort of a vibe you get from them yeah it's something I, I used to always wonder that when i'd listen to like satriani or vi or something and think is this just like is the name of this song something they heard while they were setting their noodling or like you know yeah right <laughs> mogwai has a bunch of real interesting song titles that i feel like they're just like shooting the shit they just come up with something funny and then that just sort of sticks and like that should be a song title i, I know with kill switch we have like a million things that we think are funny that end up being working titles of our songs before they become songs and they're just totally ridiculous but that's what i when i look at mogwai titles i feel like they're doing the same thing but they can just leave them because they never <laughs> they sometimes have vocals, but most of the time they never have vocals attached to them so they can just always call it that it's, i like it's pretty cool right playing guitar on this how long have you played guitar i read like did you just start playing guitar for this project or has it been something you've been kind of moderately doing throughout the years or? Yeah, exactly. I'd been fooling around on it for 
a long, long time. Um, but never really uh, tried to do it seriously, you know, just sort of trying to play. It's fun. It's super fun to play. So uh, I was just kind of trying to learn songs um, just randomly. But then to do this, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to really get into this, really figure it out. I'm going to have to figure out how gear works and, and uh, you know, what pick what pickups do and how these pedals work and all that stuff. And it, it was super embarrassing to realize how much I didn't know about the instrument after playing in bands with guitar players for 25 years, you know, and then <laughs> just going, wait a minute, what, what? why does this pickup sound this way? Oh, really? That's a different thing. Like learning stupid stuff like, like that. Drums are so easy. You hit them and they make a sound. And then guitars, <laughs> is, you have to deal with all this electronics. It's, it was totally different. Well, when you guys started this project, was it always the idea that you wanted to play guitar or how did that come up in the process of this? Yeah, it was. I, I just wanted to do something different just, you know, for fun, play guitar and, uh, Doug's a drummer too, and he wanted to do something different. So he said, Hey, I'll play bass. I was like, All right, cool. <laughs> so uh, we have a band with three drummers and no singer. <laughs> That's well, like, definitely a recipe for success, right? That's not, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> Where do you get the inspiration from, like as a guitarist? I mean, do you pull from guitarists you liked or something since this is more of a new thing to you? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily um, guitarists specifically so much as just the style of, of music or just instrumental music or or just um, not even necessarily instrumental music, but bands like Isis and Cult of Luna that have long, heavy, extended parts where they don't necessarily have vocals in them. And it's just like almost soundscape type stuff um, that I've always been really into and just trying to do something like that. It's kind of where it comes from. Um, there are certain guitar players that I like a lot that I'm starting to realize why I like them now that I'm getting into the instrument. I'm like, oh, I love this guy because his tones are so good. And I never really put that together until I started working on my own tones and being like, oh, man, how did they get it to sound like that? And it's something I never really thought of before. So that's a whole series of um, rabbit holes that I'm going down now that I'm actually trying to play guitar in an actual band. When you got on stage for the first time as a guitarist, was it kind of daunting Ter or did it feel it weird? Or like... It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I was scared. I was completely scared. <laughs> yeah, it was totally, it was, it was really scary. Um, Is it just one of those things just kind of being out in front when you're not normally out in front or? Yeah. Yeah. It's most, it's mostly that I think. Um, I, I very much like the kind of anonymity that comes with being a drummer usually naturally um and then with i mean with kill switch there's so much craziness going on with dudes running around all over the place there's so much to look at and everything that i'm just back there doing my thing and no one everyone's just like yeah whatever let's watch adam and jesse run around and let's watch mike and joy and everything and i'm just like yeah cool nobody even notices i'm doing this it's great i love it <laughs> and then now i'm up there and like in the front it's it's very very weird <laughs> I almost want to put just a giant curtain in front of me and just be like, just play, right. from, just play from there. <laughs> I mean, I guess another thing is being a drummer, you're when, when it's live, you're kind of the guy that's obviously controlling the rhythm, the beat, the tempo and everything. When you get up there playing guitar, is that like a different thought process you have to go through since you're not the one doing that? 
Yeah, it is. I I, def I have a lot of tempo anxiety with kill switch. I mean, we don't use a click in kill switch, and we're not using a click on, in my Dika either. So we're just going. And then kill switch, I have a lot of tempo anxiety, and I'm always nervous about am I playing fast or slow today or whatever. And because uh, it's tough, you know, you think you're right on, but when someday your adrenaline's going a little higher than other days, you might be a little quick, and it's just kind of the way it is. And yeah, and with playing guitar, it's it's that same thing, but it's coming from a different person. So it's like, I'm like, I'd be like, oh, he's going a little quick on this one today. I got to keep up. Or, all right, yeah, let's go, let's go. Maybe I can I can make a motion that'll be like, yeah, just push a little bit more or something like that. Then you don't have that control. But it's also freeing because you can just chill and, um, and, just, and just sort of sink into that and not not be the one driving it. Because, uh, if there, there's definitely pressure on, on the drummer on getting everything in the right spot and everyone is just sort of falling onto what they're doing. So that pressure is gone because I never have anything to drink before a kill switch show because I feel like if I, even if I have half a beer, my brain is just explodes and I don't know what to do with drums anymore. <laughs> but guitar, yeah, sure, I'll have a couple and it doesn't matter. I'm just doing this. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> right. Well, a lot less riding on me screwing something up than train wrecking as a drummer. So, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking on that, like on your live show as a drummer, what do you think Chris brings to the to the fold? He's he's awesome. He's a super um like real passionate player. Like he hits he hits super hard. He um he plays with a lot of energy. It's great. I, I love playing with him. It's great. I feel like we definitely lucked out uh finding him and he's way into the he's way into the band. I mean, he drives like almost two hours one way to get to practice once a week he's like super into it he's oh he's the one guy that's not like super local but he's just totally 100 uh all in and it's uh it's super fun and it's 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 interesting too playing guitar just you you hear everything differently and for so long i've been used to listening to uh the other guys from a drummer's perspective and now you're listening to the other guys from the guitar player's perspective and the way you listen really changes and changes a lot more than uh, I anticipated in like different ways than I anticipated. It's kind of hard to describe it. Just sort of entirely different thing blending into a band with a new instrument. Should have been an obvious thing, but I guess it struck me as more different than I really thought it was going to be. Being the guy that wrote and recorded these drum parts, did Chris come in and just kind of mimic what you did or did you kind of give him freedom to add his nope. own flair to it in I the said, live process? Do exactly what I did. <laughs> but those are the parts do them okay uh yeah i mean he mostly sticks to the to the parts uh as as written and um we're starting to kick around some ideas for new songs too and that's a lot of uh that'll be cool because it's like he'll be he'll be with them from the very beginning so he'll get to put all his, his own stamp on everything as uh as we're writing new tunes so that that can only be a good thing for the band on these upcoming kill switch holiday shows you're going to be pulling double duty is that something that you've like have you thought about that like the process of kind of preparing for two separate instruments and two different processes in the same day we did it once already um oh, okay we had killswitch had an off-date show on the last tour with lamb of god a, a show in albany that we that we headlined and um i was able to scam the guys into letting Vika open the show <laughs> so we, we did it once and um i mean luckily i didn't have to do two sets on drum set i think that would have been pretty hard 
so it wasn't that bad, but there was uh, there was definitely an adrenaline crash that I hadn't quite fully anticipated happening. And you have that high of uh, that you're coming off over your set, and then firing it back up for a second set. About midway through the second set, I was like, "Wow, I am." <laughs> I'm feeling a little more gassed than I than I thought I would right now than I usually feel in the middle of a, of a set. <laughs> so it'll be interesting if um if that'll happen <clears throat> again. I think it probably will, but I'm wondering if it three days in a row of it, maybe it'll be more of a routine. I think by like the third show, I'm hoping that it'll be more kind of a normal thing. It's almost the way like when you tour, if when you do like just one show here and there, you really just like empty the tank. And when you tour, you empty the tank like you're just doing one show. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. We have to play every day. I can't necessarily do that. And then you kind of get to a rhythm and you change a little as a musician. So hopefully it's kind of similar to that. Yeah, I imagine that doing these shows, opening for Kill Switch, that it's probably a, a great way to promote this band. Because you've got, obviously, fans of yours in the crowd that may not have known about this band in the first place. You know? Totally. And they're going to be like nice crowds and, and awesome bands with unearth on it. I mean, it's super cool. The rivers of Nile is on it. So it's like, they're going to be really, really good shows. And, and like you asked before about being nervous, I'm terrified to play guitar, <laughs> <laughs> especially at like, it's, I'm just like, cause we played the palladium in Worcester a million times. And um, it's kind of like kill switches sort of home venue. And I'm just trying to, envision what it's going to be like to be on a different part of the stage holding a different instrument in that same building and it's hard to even imagine it it's really a scary thought good kind of scary but still scary yeah <laughs> is there i mean after these few shows is there the thought of trying to do more of this in 2023 or because i know kill switch obviously has is a full-time thing but have you thought about that yeah, we, we, we definitely want to do a lot of, uh, we want to tour. We just want to tour. We want to get on some stuff. There's probably going to be a little bit of time. I mean, Kill Switch tours, but we don't kill ourselves touring anymore. You know, we still leave time in the schedule. So there's plenty, there's going to be plenty of time for Ibiza to do tours. And we absolutely want to do that. I think that will be nothing but a good thing um, for the band and seeing, you know, where the band goes from here. Touring is a, is a must, really. Talking about playing guitar and doing this on album and live, have you gotten any feedback from anybody like friends or other colleagues, that kind of thing about your guitar playing? <laughs> I was terrified to <laughs> to play the record for Adam and Joel. I, was <laughs> right. I didn't want to do it. And um, I, I don't remember. I just finally gave in and then Joel heard some of it. Joel was like, they were both, they were very, very kind in their words and i'm sure adam was in, internally cringing at so much stuff being the picky producer that he is and amazing musician but they're all uh they've so far been very kind <laughs> well you'd have to know that i mean the type of music that labika is is that you know it's a little bit more loose and ambient than say kill switches which is more of a tight precise type thing yes yes yeah. that's yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Loose on purpose. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of touring and kill switch, you know, how did it feel to get back to kind of a normal touring schedule this year after the downtime of the pandemic? Yeah, it was great. 
um, you really miss it, you know, nothing like having something taken away from you to realize how much you miss it. And yeah, it was a lot of fun in this last one that we did. Um, the last Flame of God run, we didn't have any, um, you know, COVID protocols or anything. The tour we did earlier in the year with August Burns Red and Light the Torch, we were still trying to be pretty strict on, on you know, on testing and on mask wearing when you're around anyone other than your own exact, you know, band and crew. And this Lamb of God one, it was it felt like um, just like a very normal tour. You know, nobody was doing anything differently than they have in, you know, the before times. So it was really fun. Just in general, to to get out and see people in the crowd enjoying live music and being together again, it was, it's just great. It's um, an awesome thing to see and be a part of. And what's the the status on the new album? I know you guys have been writing. Have you started recording at all? No, no, nothing like that. We're just kind of getting some ideas together and just trying to get some demos together and seeing where it goes from there. But it's it's like super early stages of the process. But we've got a little time now to uh, to really kind of sink our teeth into it, see where where it goes. So is that something you guys are focusing on now, like going into 2023, or is it touring and then that again later? Or I think that... that's probably a focus because yeah. um, we have um, I don't think we have anything really on the books touring wise for a while. So other than those three shows, so we have a lot of time right now to to kind of kind of dig in and. Um, and yeah start start getting some songs together because it's been a little while i think that i think um atonement was 2019 so yeah it's been a bit yeah. we're ready so i mean i know like you said it's early in the process but do you have any idea of the direction you guys are going no not so much yet there's some there's some cool fast stuff we always we always like going fast we i think we always we always are like hey let's play some fast stuff let's play some blast beats yeah. it's always fun so <laughs> I, I think I think some of the stuff's got some some cool blast stuff in it. So um, yeah, we just want to make something exciting, um, and you know, try not to make. You always try not to make the same record. So we just try to to go in different different spots and see what, see where it goes. So hopefully, this will be a good kind of fast, exciting record. Well, final question for you: What's your favorite Faith No More song? Or two or three, if you can't pick one. Yeah, it would be on. It would. Oh man, it's, it would probably have to be on this record. Although there are some real bangers on King for a Day, also. Yeah. But um, I it would probably. Oh, man, it would be either Caffeine or maybe Jizz Lover, one of those two. Good what about you? What about what? yours? What about yours? Oh, Land of Sunshine or Gentle Art of Making Enemies? Yeah, 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 super good tune. Yeah, I'm a. I would probably pick King for a Day as my favorite album. I know that most people wouldn't say that, but it's they're one of those bands where every single album is just up there for me. But yeah, that would be my second favorite. This would be my first, but that would be my second favorite record. Yeah, yeah, that that record's awesome, and it's such a, it's such a weird. It's a little different with. Uh, you know, with no Jim Martin on it and hardly any Roddy on it either, but it's still still got some. I mean, Mike Patton on that record is just outrageously good. So yeah, yeah. Speaking, yeah, Jim Martin. I mean, I love the guy, but I think that once he was gone, that was kind of 
it's the one band in the world that I think the guitar was the least important instrument. <laughs> <laughs> he he did add a certain metal thing to it that was pretty cool that yeah. you don't see on the ones after he was gone. I actually stumbled upon um, some giant, like super long YouTube video with old footage from the, uh, it was like four hours long of um, footage from recording Angel Dust. And it's crazy. Like I watched it in like 15 minute segments every now and then when I had time, you know, because it literally was four hours long. And it was just uncut footage from, I guess, MTV was going to the studio to check on how it was going, you know. And they keep talking about Jim Martin's there, but they keep talking about how they hadn't, the other guys hadn't seen him in like months. And Jim Martin's like, I don't know what I'm going to do over these songs. Like, he is, this is like all these songs written and done. And he's like, oh, I got to put guitar over him somehow. I don't know. How I'm gonna do it. It's just like, and you start thinking, that's how that record happened. That's crazy. Yeah. You can't, you, know, you almost can't imagine it like that. But yeah. yeah. Nuts. Did you guys ever play with? No more or any Mike Patton project throughout the years, or the closest. I, I, it's you can cheat a lot when you say we played with them because we played a festival that they also played, you know, along with 150 other bands, right? But we did play Download earlier the day that they had their first real show, like reunion show. So, okay. so they played like a club the day before, or whatever, like a warm up. But then Download was like their kind of big reunion show that they came back for. And we played Download also that day. So I got to see that show too. And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks so much for uh, for the interest and in having me on. It's great. There you go. Justin Foley of Libica and Kill Switch Engage. A huge thank you to Shane of Adam Splitter PR for his help with that one. And of course, a massive thank you to Justin Foley for taking some time out there to talk to me about the brand new Libica album. And of course, some Kill Switch stuff and some other stuff as well. If this is your first time listening, I greatly appreciate it. You've got 366 episodes before this one you can check out. One of which being the bass player of Kill Switch, Mike D., was on episode 228. We've also had on members of, let me think. I say, I always say we, you know, I can't break that habit. Jason's been gone now for a year and a half and still can't break that habit. Pretty crazy. We'll get there, folks. Anyway, but you know, when I say we've had on, that does make sense because a lot of these, many of these names I mentioned Jason was here for. So, Shadows Fall. Super Joint, Typo Negative, White Zombie, Prong, Helmet, Avatar, Sons of Texas, Battlecross, Testament, Megadeth, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, Glenn Hughes of Deep Purple, Gene Simmons of Kiss, Bruce Kulick, formerly of Kiss, Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses, Michael Monroe of Hanoi Rocks, Members of Tesla, Great White, Warrant, Saliva, Saving Able, Shinedown. The list is great and long, people. All you got to do is look through it at deepunderunderground.com. You can listen to all the episodes there. You can also listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are heard, Spotify, everything else, wherever you're listening now. 
Follow, like, and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Speaking of future episodes, recently recorded one with Robin McCauley of Black Swan and the Michael Shanker group and the McCauley Shanker group. He's got a brand new solo out, coming out next month that is great. Also recorded one recently with Todd Dammit Kearns, the bass player for Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, and a brand new band he is the frontman and guitarist for called Heroes and Monsters. So be on the lookout for that. Also got a couple other recorded or scheduled to be recorded. I'll let you know as soon as those happen. But in the meantime, follow us on all the socials. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that great stuff. Wherever you see Thunder Underground, it is a great help. We've also got merch available on the website. You can also just email or message. Or if you're in the Oklahoma area and you see me out and about, you can do it that way as well, too. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to DEB Concerts, Sunset Tattoo, and Med Farm. Adam Splitter PR, and Justin Foley. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.